0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thank you so much for clicking on this podcast, it is so, so appreciated. Episode 49, we are going to be talking about the brand new screen film which drops last week or Scream 5, if you want to call it that, which it essentially is. Um, this soft reboot sequel, or recall, which is a word that I didn't know was a thing until recently, is the first that is without, obviously, Wes Craven, the late Wes Craven, what an iconic director, um, attached to this. So it's always kind of interesting for me, or I was intrigued, sorry, to see what this film could bring. Because you see it time and time again when films like these, like these, these huge films, like I, iconic in their own right, you know they get new directors or like reboots like i say and they try to move it in a different direction and sometimes it can work really well and sometimes it's sort of trash um i would say that this is pushing more to the really well side of things. So here we are on episode 49. I'm going to talk about this brand new screen film, the new edition uh, where Ghostface has returned. But before we do, I just want to say you can check out this podcast on Apple, Spotify and Google podcast, which I'm sure you already know. Make sure you hit notifications as well on Spotify, etc. So you can be notified when a new episode uploads as to jump onto Facebook and search Joe Blogs About Films for the Facebook page. That would be great if you could like that as well. But here we are. Then let's dive straight back into it because, as I say, this is the first film not to be helmed by Wes Craven. Obviously, sadly passed away a few years ago, and it's one of those where, like I say, it could go one way or the other. And I do think that Radio or Not directors Matt Bettinelli, Olpin and Tyler Gillett have brought something completely, like not completely new, because it's still a screen film, but it's refreshing. I think is the word that I'm looking for. It is refreshing. There are there is there are moments in this film. That you are just like this is great. This is honouring that legacy that Wes Craven and, and Kevin Williamson brought to us all those years ago. The Scream franchise is is pretty much like adored by so many. It is a, pretty much one of the consistent franchises going. However, I have a few like not a few issues. I don't like the latter of Scream Four, um, and it's mad to think that Scream Four was like over ten years ago. Like when when I worked that out or whenever when it came into obviously when the new Scream was announced and realizing it was that long ago since Scream 4 I was a bit like Jesus where is this time gone um so not only do we have obviously the legacy characters but we have a new set of characters for these for the legacy characters to pass on the torch and I love the whole meta aspect of the Scream films you know of movies within movies kind of thing and the rules of horror films and they really ran with that with with the posters and such and the marketing for this Scream film you know they've got like the poster saying "Oh, the killer is within this poster" kind of thing, and you can sit there and scrutinize, you know, scrutinize it and look over and think who you think is the killer, and that is what I like about these screen films is that. It's like they are slasher films, obviously, but it's also like a Who Done It at the same time, like with, with but more horror in that sense. But I, I just, I just, I just really, en- I just enjoy the screen films. Basically, um, I'll give you the synopsis because that'd be a good place to start. When her estranged sister Tara becomes the first victim of a new ghostface killer, Sam and her boyfriend Richie head to Woodsboro to seek the help of veteran cop Dewey Riley. As the murders continue, Gail Weathers and Sydney Prescott also find themselves brought back into the fray to tackle on the ghostface killer. And it like it is great. They do have a great mix of things. Like I, there wasn't any times when I was watching this, because I've seen a lot of mixed reviews basically for this film. And mm-hmm. I never really look into too many reviews before I watch a film, anyways, because I like my thoughts to be my own kind of thing. And, I, and as I do with this podcast, I come back and then start spewing nonsense whatever <laughs> at you guys. But like, there were never any points when I felt that the new characters were were, were terrible. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, there are times when when you get these like new the new characters they brought into it. So they can you know, they can continue the story if they were to continue with scream six onwards kind of thing, and I did not think any anyone was like at all terrible. I feel like they were all really really well acted and you know having having actors in there such as like obviously uh, Jack Quaid is 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 a great role in there. Jasmine Savoy Brown is probably my favorite character that played Mindy, who is like a real horror enthusiast knows everything. There's a great sequence when she's kind of going off about horror films or even like just films in general kind of thing and the whole. Legacy uh, aspects of it, and and you know explaining and breaking it all down, and you can sit there in the cinema be like, "Yep, that's pretty dead on. Really, really excellent. Loved the character. She is the nephew. She's the niece of Randy from the first one. Her brother in this film, Chad, is played by Mason Gooden as well. Again, that kind of jock character that you'd expect to be a complete douche, complete kind of like." Constantly going on about football, whatever. But I don't know. He was. I thought there was a charm to him. I thought there was something really nice about his character. They were. They were great. You know. So these new characters. Say. Obviously, you've got the the leads. or the new lead. I should say. of Sam Carpenter's the character's name, which obviously is a nice little nod to John Carpenter. She's played by Melissa Barrera, and again, it's it's nice to see how her world is kind of is is changing drastically. Back, obviously by returning to Woodsboro. I will go down spoiler territory a little bit later as well, going over a bit more about her character or even the reveal and such within this film. Um, but I, 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 th- th- like I said, there's a point in this film. I, I enjoyed the film, but there is a point in this film. It's mainly as it was the latter half, so maybe let's say the third act onwards. Like not, not even the third act onwards, I would say the, the the second act particularly, that I kind of I lost, not interest, but I was like, hmm, I don't know, I'm not sure about this. Uh, which is quite ironic when the motive of the killer in this is to do with that kind of part of films, kind of thing, with particular horror films, just where it where it ends up tailing off to. And again, that's all I'll say on that for this part for this side of the podcast. I will go down spoiler territory a little bit later. But the legacy characters as well, they're honoured really well. I feel that yes, they're not on screen a lot. David Arquette and uh, Neve Campbell and Courtney Cox, they aren't in it an awful lot. But when they are on, it, are in it in particular. David Arquette, they're really good. Like they slip back into those roles really, really easily. Um, David Arquette for me is obviously the standout in this. I think I, I, I really like what what they've done with Dewey in this film. You know, this kind of retired sheriff, obviously, who just doesn't want anything to do with the killings itself. He's been stabbed a number of times already, and just wanting to to leave all that behind him. But when the killings start, it's difficult for him not to come back into. Come back into action, come back to help Sam and her friends, obviously, because he know he's seen this, he's seen this film so many times throughout his life. He knows that the killer will be one of her closest friends or whatever, and it's kind of trying to figure out who it is. Um, there are so many suspects in this. Like there's times when you you can kind you're thinking, is it gonna be this person or this person? You know what I mean? Like they do within the screen films. Dylan Minnett, as well as Wes Hicks, another nice nod to obviously Wes Craven there. Again, a nice addition to the cast. I think there is some really, really brutal deaths in this film. And this is the thing as well that I was really surprised at is that this film's an 18. We don't get many horror films these days that are genuine 18. Obviously, they have to be really, really pushing the limits for them to reach that age certificate for a film. Obviously, I know you're the likes of Spiral and Saw this, that, and the other. Yeah, you get those as 18s. But to have a slasher film as as an 18 again, I was really pumped for it. I was like, okay, so there's going to be some, some pretty brutal deaths. And yeah, the deaths are... There are some. I think. It, I think it's more to do with the the, the lasting and, and longing shots on these deaths, because some of them are like absolutely like you want to look away, but you don't want to at the same time. And there's all the, the there's there's the slow ones. There's some quick ones. I like what the what the film did with the scares as well. Obviously, or the jump scares because granted, the jump scares aren't. Oh my god! Like I've just jumped out my skin. There are a couple where you were like, oh, didn't see that one coming, kind of thing. But. There's a lot of build-up and tension as they are in these kind of slasher films. You know, like doors opening or someone opening a fridge, close the door, you're thinking they're going to be behind it, and they're not, and it's that build-up. And I and I do like that. I think that yeah, fair enough. Sometimes it might get a little bit annoying because you just kind of sat there like just waiting for it to happen I, I did feel at times that I was going to be kind of covering my eyes a little bit more in the cinema watching it because the thing for me with scary films is I go to, to scary films uh, to see scary films at the cinema to be scared like I have no issue, if a film scares me I absolutely love it, I think I said that before in my A Quiet Place 2 podcast is that I think it's commendable when a film can make you that scared. You know what I mean? Like, if you've gone for that experience, just allow yourself to be scared. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they're there for. That's what these creators and writers and and directors and such are trying to build with these films. So, I honestly don't mind it. Granted, yeah, fair enough, sometimes in this film particularly they do kind of go overboard a little bit with the kind of fake-out scares, but it's fine because there is still a payoff even after all all these cupboards and doors and whatever they're opening and closing and the camera's kind of keeping in frame and you can just see you know like the the inside of the fridge kind of thing and then he'll shut it and there's no one there it's that build-up, it's that hype, and that's what these Scream films have always done. It's that kind of... It's, it's the tradition of scary films, almost, or the jump-scare sequence. It's that kind of... The rule of the jump scares. I don't expect it to be on the first one. It'll be on, like, the third or fourth one. And and this film does really play out with that as well. And it does... And it does like I say, it has payoff. It has moments. It has some great, like I said, deaths in this film. There's some real, really gnarly ones. It's just really intense, and, and it's nice to see them honouring what Scream did. And you can tell that everyone involved who's made this film... Is a fan of the franchise, like they've really enjoyed. They've obviously loved them as much as many fans have as well. You know, Scream is is it's always going to be one of the iconic, um, yeah, an iconic, an iconic film series. And it's, you know, you look at what Wes Craven and Kevin Williams and designed with the Ghostface Killer. You know, it's just it's incredible that it doesn't have to. It's not a set person. You know, what I mean, it's not like it's not like Freddy Krueger. It's not like it's not like Michael Myers or anything like that. It is. It can be anyone. It's literally like it's the mantle of who's handling Ghostface. Almost like batman or something except batman doesn't go around ringing up people asking what the scary films are this that and the other so uh yeah anyway so it's just, you know what i mean it's like it could be anyone it's the idea and the ideal of obviously the face character and and the i so said the motive behind the the killer in this it is an interesting one like obviously it really is you can see it you can see what they were going for granted i may not like buy it not buy it but i don't know like there was just a shift a little bit, and, and I will go into that in a second uh, before I do get to the spoilers. Obviously, I want to give you um, just my, my overall, like, how well, i summing up my, my thoughts on this film. And I think, like I said, I was torn as to what to give it out of 10, and I still, I still am, you know, because I wanted, as I said before, I said the, the the least I want to give it is a seven because it does look like it's going to be great. You know, I so say we've got these new characters in, we've got the legacy characters in. It is essentially handing over the mantle to these new characters. But I still feel a little bit... I don't know. It's a. It's. It's. I'm. I'm torn. Basically. So with that, I'm gonna go with a six and a half. Six and a half out of ten for me with this one. I think it's good. I think it's fun. It's. It's playful at times. So the killings are great. The obviously the phone calls and such that happen in this very, very, very scream. You know what I mean. There's just a few things in this that I'm unsure of, which is where I'll come to my spoiler territory. But before I do get to my spoiler territory, I just want to give a quick shout to the... Obviously, as every podcast episode I do, I have a little picture in the corner, obviously in particular on Spotify of the film poster. And one of my favourite posters this year so far, well, we're in January, but okay, one of the most recent posters I've seen that I've really, really dug... He's the one that I've chose for this episode, which is designed by at creepy duck design. Um, just check out his work on Instagram. There's some really excellent posters on there. And it's nice to see that obviously Scream and such have kind of, uh, you know, the, the studios have picked up his posters and used them as well around. I think it's great to say this particular poster. So creepy duck design, go check them out because there's some uh, some pretty cool stuff on there. Right, spoiler territory, listeners. If you've not seen the film as of yet, do not listen any further because I'm going to be going into spoilers, (laughs) obviously. So go watch the film, come back and have a listen to hear more thoughts from me. (laughs) So the turning point in this film that I was unsure of, which I get why they've done it because it's again anything that happens in these kind of films, or or like like I said, a movie within a movie, the legacy characters, one of them, one of them has to go. And sadly, in this film, it's obviously David Arquette's Dewey. And I was really gutted about this because I felt that he was the best, one of the best performers within this film. I liked what he was doing, I liked the humour that he brought to it, I liked. His relationships that were created with these characters, obviously the new the new characters that is obviously to go over and kind of sit them all in a room, to go down this list of suspects who it could be, the rules and such. You know, don't trust the boyfriend. Is that and the other like he, you know kind of laying it all out for Sam and her, you know for her for her journey in this film. And I was really gutted when he went because it's not in the it's not the fact that he went, which is sad enough as it is. It was just this happens a lot in this particular film where it's like a character will say to do one thing. Like, for example, Mindy's character, Jasmine Savoy-Brown, will follow the rules and such, or will say, or, like, help everyone out and say, like, you can't do this in a film, you'll die, this, that, and the other. Don't say, I'll be right back, you're going to die, da-da-da. Like, they'll say to do one thing, and then they will do the opposite. And it annoyed me a little bit with some characters. And it's like with Dewey, like, he shoots... There's a great sequence in the hospital, it's fantastic, it's really, really eerie, really, you know, suspense. We, we, this is the thing the film does build upon those scares a lot of the times, but dewey then shoots Ghostface three times in the chest and then realizes i've not shot him in the head i need to go back and kill them why like i, I get it yeah fair enough you've made that valid point but you didn't have to you did not have to go back you just go just stay in the lift with everyone you've got everyone to safety go out try and tackle him again another time i don't know like i just it's stuff like that that would was really like niggling at me uh throughout this film that that's like i said they say to do one thing and then they do the complete opposite i don't know if that's just kind of like a a joke that the the writers and such were kind of making within horror films that they do they as much as the characters do try to steer towards sticking to those rules that at the end of the day we always kind of have that instinct in us to do something else um it could be that i could be re- you know reading into that but i, I don't know like I, w- I was really good at seeing him go um it was very obviously like harrison ford's death in in the star wars for a legacy character to go his death is brutal, though. Like, it is a real, real... If you've seen it, you'll know it's a real brutal one. And he's like, well, there's no coming back from that. He is dead. Um, Sam's character as well, Sam Carpenter, her father in this that she finds out... Well, she found out years ago, and that's why she left Woodsboro, is Billy Loomis, uh, which obviously a great callback to the original film, obviously the original Scream. And that's the thing. Like, every person in this film is linked to that past kind of thing like obviously they're linked to the original film and i do like what they what the film has done with its direction and kind of not like regurgitating or even complete shot for shot it is at times kind of shot for shot as to what we saw in the original screen but that that for me is what makes this film really like in like great in fairness like i think i like the fact that they were doing things that literally happened in the first one I just, I don't know, like it's, it's one of those, I said the last act when we do find out who the killers are, which obviously turns out to be uh, Jack Quaid's Richie, that's the love interest for Sam, and the uh, the character Amber Freeman, who is played by Mikey Madison. Their motive for this is because the Stab films, obviously, that would have come beforehand. Obviously, I think we're on Stab 8 now, which was just called Stab, not even Stab 8, which is again a nice little nod to the fact that this Scream is called Scream and not Scream 5. They're sick of where the film franchise has gone. They're real diehard fans of this franchise and they want to give it new content. You know, they're saying that it's got stale, they're just not happy with where the, the trajectory of what the, the franchise has gone down, and they want to they want a new story to be based on true events. Um which is funny and ironic because obviously I'm sat here now saying not too sure about where this has gone, you know. I'm not too sure about the uh, the ending of this film, and that's the thing. It's that that toxic to air quote fan base, obviously, is what drives these killers to do what they're doing. And I think it's it's a very interesting approach to it, and almost at times, like again, a little bit like Scream Four, just a bit ahead of its time, almost. Like in, maybe in a few years. I'm not saying in a few years toxic fan base isn't going to be a thing anymore, but I don't know. Maybe in a few years down the line we can look back at this and think, oh, what a what a neat little uh, approach to that. I don't know. Like it's so that's their motives, and I and I found that quite interesting. I, I did. It's just that I, I really didn't want it to be Jack Quaid's character, not because like I well I do like him as an actor. Thing is great. It's just that I did. That's the thing. Like I the, there are things I enjoyed them doing so well in you know in, in reference to the first scream, but sometimes it was like almost like overkill with. The constant flash, you know, obviously well, not flashes, but you know, constant same shots or same storylines, such which I which I do get what they were going for, but I just I don't know I felt there was enough in Richie's character for it not to be, so I didn't I don't know like I just di- I didn't like the fact that it was, and that was one of my issues with with this film is is as I say the killer reveal being Jack Quaid, um and also obviously Amber's character as well who were in her own right, obviously, yeah, fair enough. She she was kind of sketchy from... Not from the get-go. Everyone is a suspect. Everyone's sketchy in places, aren't they, in these kind of films? But for Jack Quaid to be in particular, I was like, I don't know, like, it just... I'm, not, I'm still undecided about it and again like I say maybe in a few years time when I revisit this film I might look back at it and think you know what that was pretty cool actually what they did this whole toxic fan base aspect of it I do like the motive of the killers but for the killers to be who they were like even Jack Quaid says Richard's character says to to Sam Milita Barrera's character the lead character Dewey spelt it out for you in the first act kind of thing never trust, the, never trust the boyfriend the love interest kind of thing I just I don't know like it, it just felt a little bit too mm, ah, yeah that's my thoughts on that anyways um, I'm probably going to leave it there for this film because I realise I've been talking for nearly about 20, just under 20 minutes or so. So, Scream, so Scream Five. Sorry, it is fun. It is playful. They say the kills in this are interesting, very, very dark as well at times. Or just the, like I said, the lasting shots on the deaths are pretty gnarly when it wants to be as I say I think it's a great addition to the franchise it's not my favorite at all obviously you can't beat the original or even Scream 2 Scream 1 and 2 are untouchable let's be honest in this franchise I wouldn't know where I'd put the rest of them now after seeing this one because I've seen a lot of people ranking their Scream films and putting this one bang straight in the middle of them um so yeah maybe I would put this maybe after th- I don't know like it's maybe it is the maybe it is the best one since 2 then when thinking about it it's weird that, isn't it? Started doing a podcast like I don't know where I'd put this. Oh, actually, maybe I'd put it here. Um, so yeah, maybe it is the best one since Scream Two. Again, I need to see this film again though before I can really make a uh, an, a a a really decision on this. But thank you so much again for listening to this podcast. It is really, really appreciated. Thank you again for all the support. Episode 50 is just around the corner. I have just finished editing it and it's ready to go. So look forward to that, listeners. Uh, There is going to be a few more podcast episodes coming up this week as well. So don't miss it. As I say, jump onto Facebook and search Joe Blogs About Films. But while you're at it, if you're listening to this podcast, hit notification on Spotify, etc. And then you'll know when the new episode is uploaded. So yeah, thumbs up. But let me know what your thoughts are on Scream as the franchise, so even Scream 5, what's your favourite Scream? What's your favourite scary movie? Um, And yeah, thank you ever so much again for listening. Until next time, take care.